on the mission. Family on the mission. We on the mission. Family on the mission. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This your boy, Money G, on the Fan Mission Podcast. And today, we got another special guest. And I'm going to let them into the party and let them introduce themselves. Let me see. You hear me? Hold on. Hold on, y'all. Trying to bring him into the party. Give me one sec. I'm trying to un. All right, y'all hear me? Yeah. Can, yeah. Can you hear us? Yes. I'm sorry about that. So, um, tell the people where you're from and what you do. And your name, please. Okay. Um, my name is Wanda Washington, and um, I'm from Peoria, Illinois. And um, I'm well known in Peoria for um, doing hair there. Um, I am the owner and founder of Come Get Your Praise on Hair. And um, also, you know, uh, ministry there. Um, I started my own ministry there called New Birth Healing Ministries. Um, It went from, um, you know, a church setting until a cyber church. So that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, okay, okay. I like that. We're gonna talk about that. All right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm Robert Washington, uh, the husband, <laughs> Pastor Wanda Washington, mm-hmm. and uh, I am a security guard at a film industry up here where we live in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I also have my own uh, page called AVP. Okay. Uh, it stands for Alternative to Violence Project, to where uh, not only do I help youths, but I help people in general uh, deal, uh, solve a problem in a nonviolent manner. So okay, okay. Okay, I like that. So welcome to the fam mission, y'all. So we're going to get straight into it, man. So, you know, um, you know, I'll be, um, I'll be following Rob on Facebook and, um, you know, what inspired me. And I looked at y'all and I'm like, man, yo. They left Peoria and y'all was on the journey to to New York. And then y'all wind up in Georgia. And I'm like, man, they posting pictures in Georgia. And I talked to him and he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh man. And he was telling me about it. And I was like, oh man, that was kind of inspiring. So somebody that's in Peoria, they have the thought to move, but they scared to act on it. What would you tell them? Or would you want to share your story about it? Okay, I, w- I would tell them to um, don't allow fear to uh, stagnate them or um, have them in a place where they don't move forward. And the reason why is because they have to understand Peoria is a very small place. And if you have a big dream, then yet you need to move from that place. And um, procrastination is the, the biggest thing that will keep you there or you feel like, okay, my family is here. And you, you know, so many other different reasons to keep you from moving forward. But you have to realize you gotta move forward so you can open the door for your family. And you can't you can't be afraid to do it because if it's something that God has given you to do, then yet it's much bigger than pure. And so you gotta move out so so you will be able to um, you know, grow. You can't grow in a small place. You know, I had got to the place of where 
I felt like I was too big for where I was. And I'm so glad that it happened the way it did. Um, I'm pretty much always been busy at doing hair, you know, and I never had to work no other job. It's like my salon was always booming. Well, the word I hear they use is busting, right? Mm -hmm. But my salon was always, you know, booming. Pretty much had a lot of business. But it got to the place of where it started to slow down and start to slow down until it got to the place where it wasn't hardly anybody coming in. Only like on Fridays and Saturdays until where I had to get another job to kind of like keep it going. And so I got to the place. I said, okay, God, I understand what's going on. What was going on was that he was pushing me out. He had to allow it to happen to push me out. And so it got to the place I began to pray, say, I, I need more. I need more than this. It's so, this is so much more than what I want to do with my life. You know, my my dreams are doing celebrities. Um, I still got to bring that to pass in my life because that's something that I wanted to do. And so um, since I've, I've been here in Atlanta, Georgia, rather I went to New York first because God has given me you know, a salon or whatever. But when I got to New York, I realized the things that I want to do, because God had given me New York, um, Atlanta, Georgia. He's given me Florida and he's given me um, Los Angeles and Las Vegas. So these are the other places y'all going to be seeing us doing different things at pretty mm -hmm. much salons or ministry. And so these are the places. So when I went to New York, um, it wasn't what I thought it would be and everything with the business with me doing hair there. Um, for me to do like transfer my license and all that, it was more difficult than it would have been in Atlanta, Georgia. But I want to be open where I could freely flow from Atlanta, Georgia to New York and all these other places. But I had to come here first in order because the the, uh, the license that I would have got from New York, I wouldn't have been able to operate in Atlanta, Georgia with those. So mm -hmm. God, it was meant for me to come here to Atlanta, Georgia first. And then with the license from Atlanta, Georgia in New York, but that's how I was able going to be able to do that. And so that's why we came here. But then yet I knew God let me know we had some unfinished business here because we had moved here originally in 2014. And so we had to come mm. back here first and then complete what we have to do here before we can move on and continue on with other businesses and ministry. Uh, yeah. I've been seeing y'all and, um, in Atlanta, and y'all was taking pictures with some big stars. What's up with that? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, at my, you know, at my job where I work in the film. Well, first, let me start with my wife. My wife works in a little baby salon, mm -hmm. so uh, you know she'll tell you a little later about that. But uh, she had the opportunity. Now she have an opportunity to work with celebrities. Okay, uh, that's God what I'm talking has, about. God answered her prayer. Mm. Well, so, they hit that praise button. Hey, they got a praise button. Hey, because I tell you, I tell people, you got to put that God in it, man, or it won't work. So go ahead with your story. It won't work. And uh, I had, you know, I, you know, I where I work at, I work at a film industry. You know where they filmed uh, movies like Fast and the Furious, MacGyver, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, we just filmed. Um, uh, first Wives Club with Jill Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, we just threw a party for Quavo, which it was called the Huncho Day. Mm -hmm. So we had like 60 celebrities in the building on the football field, man. Real big, man. Had an opportunity to, you know, meet a few celebrities and 
and network, take a few pictures and network. Also, uh, uh, network with some with some some top preachers, man. I got some more pictures for you coming up, date, man. Okay. So uh, okay. be on the lookout, man. All right, all right. Going to the VIP and stuff. Yeah, I uh, I also uh, I had an opportunity to uh, escort the celebrities to through the VIP because you know they don't want to be rushed, man. Most celebrities don't want to be rushed, so you know that's my job to escort them through the VIP. So. Hey man, that's what's up, man. I'm proud of y'all because I, I see I, I be seeing how y'all be moving and um and I tell people a lot a lot. I say, man, when you have the opportunity to leave the town, you know, take that opportunity. But sometimes they don't see it as a good thing. Somebody might be like, Hey man, won't you come on out of town and come visit? But that them couple days might change your whole life. Yeah. And some people yeah. be blocking yeah. their blessings and be saying, no, nah, I'm cool, I'm cool. And they stay where they at and be stagnated and be kind of mad, you know. Right. So, right. Yeah. So um, yeah, man, uh, let me see. I got some questions for you, Rob, but I'm gonna go back to your wife. T tell me a little bit about the ministry. Cause you be going ham, and I'm like, man, it, be, <laughs> it should be, man, it should be like. A thousand people need to hear this message. I'm like, man, people be calling me. I'm like, get off my phone. I'm trying to get back to the message. <laughs> so you might see me popping in and off. But man, tell, man, please tell people what you be talking about and what your ministry is all about. Because I love it. Okay, my ministry is, it's, it is really the truth. When I tell you, I'm gonna tell the truth. I'm gonna tell the truth, and I keep it 100. Um, I talk about a lot of things that a lot of people don't talk about um, mm -hmm. that they try to sweep under the rug, you know, the type of stuff that they don't want to talk about in church. You know, um, I consider myself as a kingdom citizen and um, I'm, I'm more into kingdom and I'm more into kingdom building. I'm more into encouraging people. And the reason why is because there's a lot going on. So I talk a lot about um encouraging people like motivating them that people that's going through something everybody's going through something either they hiding it and you don't know about it but pretty much everybody's going through something and mm -hmm. so i try to uh motivate them but um i um i got my um ministry license i got ordained i'm an ordained minister um in 2011 um before that i started preaching when i was 29 years old and mm. so I, I went to different churches until I got ordained. I, I sat on a lot of different people. And so God allowed me to see a lot what not to do. And so if you notice, I preach on a lot of different things because I learn a lot through a lot of other people of what not, of what not to do. And so um, I've been ministering about it. And some of the things I talk about, um, it goes against religion. Because, you know, it's it's a difference in being religious and being in Christ, you know, Ooh. and giving God your heart and having a relationship with Christ. Those are two different things, you mm. know. So I, I, I'm, I'm not in religion. And so I minister as being a believer in Christ. Mm. And yes. please talk, man, please tell the difference between it. Because I tell people, I say, man. You know, I, I can't do religion because it makes me feel guilty sometimes about things. And I'm just trying to get close to Christ. And, and they're like, what you mean? What's the difference? So can you explain what the difference is to the people? 
Okay, the difference between and religion is religion has a bunch of church rules and different rules that are not in the Bible. For instance, mm. one of them can be um, as you, you women wear long dresses. Okay, that's nowhere in the Bible. You know. Uh, they might come back. Yeah, this is your boy Monty G on the Fan Mission Podcast. And today we having a special guest. Right now they're having some. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to give them a couple minutes and they might pop, pop back on. Stay tuned. That ain't nothing but the devil, man. Don't want me to get this message out. He's coming in hot. Oh, they back in. Oh, sorry about that. That was none but that was none but the devil trying to. He don't want you to put that message out there. Come on now, bring it. I, in. I know exactly what it is. We uh, already know. No, hey. Because a lot of people are caught up in religion. And they're not caught up in God. They have not given a heart to God. See, a lot of people go to church and they think they're going to make it in just by going to church. The church building has nothing to do with it. It's, it. It has nothing to do with you trying to be so good. It, it's about you giving your heart to God and having a relationship with God. That's what it's about. And mm. having faith in God. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So just because you go to church every Sunday looking nice don't mean you're going to make it to heaven. You know, you just going to church. Oh, man, thank you for cutting out. Uh, all right, I think I'm back. Yeah, oh, there you gotta go. You see how serious it is, though. Yeah, I see. I see how it is, man. So you know what, man? We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna take a break for one little second, cause I know already know we're gonna get through to this interview, or we're gonna come right back with it. So, um, yeah. How did you feel about self control? I I feel like self and self control is one of the fruit of the spirits. So, um. That's something that um, you have to work on. It's a process, gaining self-control over a lot of different things. It's like um, you're you going to make many mistakes. You're going to keep failing until you really get it. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. You know, um, what happens is, though, through your mistakes, you get wisdom. So, like, every time you fall short, you get wisdom and say, okay, I'm not going to do this no more. Cause it get worse and worse every time you keep messing up. Like if you're not, if every time you get out of control on situation, say for instance, if it's your anger, every time you get out of control on certain situations, it'll get worse and worse. And sometimes God allowed things to happen to, to um, veer us in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And so um, you got to get the wisdom out of every time. And then you'll get to the place and Hey, I'm not going to do this no more because man, last time, this and that and the other happen. It get worse each time, you know? And, and so you have to get to the place, say, hey, it's not worth my energy. It's, it's not worth me going to jail or prison. It's not worth me, um, you know, losing my life over something just so petty. 
And so we have to get to the place and say, okay, is think about it before you react. That's the whole thing. It's just thinking about it and praying about it before you respond to something. And my whole thing is when I'm in a situation like that, when it's with another person and I realize they're trying to bring me to their level. No, I'm going to take you to my level. And sometimes it, the best way to handle a situation is to just walk away and just be quiet. You know, just be quiet. Don't even respond. An argument or a fight, it has to be between two people. Yes. You know. And, yes. And um, it is power in words, and it's also power in silence. Mm -hmm. Most so definitely. I like that. Yeah, so I like that. So, you know, oh, man. Hey, here they go. They trying to. You hear me? Yeah, I yeah. hear it now. Man, you know, we come near hot, so they like, man, what's going on? So, <laughs> all right, so look, we're going to talk about some hair then. So, okay, we're going to make y'all happy. We're going to talk about some hair. So, <laughs> how long How long you been doing hair? Tell me about your story. Who inspires you? I've been doing hair for 30 years now. 30. Hmm. Um, I got my hair license in 1992. So just imagine how long I've been doing hair. And that's, 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 that's would be, I opened up my first salon in year 2000, but before wow. that I worked in other people's salons. Oh, okay. So who inspired you to do hair? Like, um, you know, kids might be out here and, um, uh, they might be doing their own hair, but they don't understand that even practice on their hair they can mess around and be in, in the salon in a couple of years from now, but they don't even have the mindset of thinking that, oh, I can do this for other people and make them feel good because they just thinking about doing it for themselves. But how did, how did you get started? Like who inspires you? Who inspires yeah. Um, I would say I um, actually, my, my mom was a hairstylist. My grandmother was, and then it 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 it's like I'm the only, I'm the first one that was a professional. I'm the one that really got my license. Everybody else did other family members, or they went to school but they didn't finish. So I'm the first one out of all to um, become a professional hairstylist. Now I have a daughter that's a professional hairstylist and been doing hair for eight years. And we do hair together. We both do hair in little baby salon together. Ooh. And um, so it's like when I broke it, you know, and then she came along. And I know my some of my grandbabies are gonna be into it too. It's like it's just running our bloodline. Now yep. that's and, what um, you call that's what you call a family on the mission. Family on the mission. <laughs> that's, it. Hey, that's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I seen I seen your daughter doing hair, and I was like, "Oh man, that's tight." I'm like, um, "And that's dope that um, just your 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 mom, your grandma was doing hair, and you picked it up, and you're like, man, that was just something they did.' But you know, I tried to turn it into a career. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what's up. You know. Yeah. So, um, hey, how long y'all been married? We've been married for eight years. Well, it's going to be eight years June 1st. It's going to be our anniversary. Okay. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I heard you, um, you was touching on something when you was preaching. And I was wondering, like, man, how do you know if you are equally yoked? You are know you are, you, you know when you are equal, equally yoked. 
when nothing can come between you and break you apart. Like not even you, not him, not me, and not an outside person. Because what God put together, no man can put asunder. And so that's how our relationship is. Now, we ain't separated from each other. We ain't, we ain't got to the place of where we wanted to divorce each other. But there was always something that's drawing us back together, which was God. Because when God put you together, when I tell you, when it's, when it's his will for you to be with a person, when you have a life partner, and that's what we are. We are, we are soulmates and life partners. Oh, yeah. So, and God made us for each other. You know, I truly believe that when God created my husband, that he created me for him, you know, um, what he, what he's not, um, skilled in, I'm skilled in and what I'm not skilled in, he is. And so that's why we fit together so good. And that's why nothing can come between us. It's like when we get upset, we just, I'm not saying our marriage is perfect. We get upset with each other. We always come back together and say, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry about that. I'm talking about within the same day, within like a few hours, we can't be mad at each other too long we just can't because that's when you have true love and then when god puts you together when i tell you nothing can break you apart now if a person can break apart and never come back yeah that was never god in the first place mm. hey yeah oh, that's that's real and i like <laughs> i like the way you say it like um you know you don't want to go to bed mad and uh and then you can identify when you wrong and say i'm sorry because exactly. you know sometimes we be all getting our pride and when we know we wrong but we like i don't want to say it i don't want to give in all early but you no know, it's not like that we would just talk wrong but yeah that's dope right there you know i like that so rob man you and being quiet man tell me tell me something about you tell me your story what's going on with you uh. man you know, I, I would tell, you know, couples, you know, uh, that's listening on this podcast, you know, whether you married or whether you're in a relationship, uh, keep God in it. You know, that's the first thing. Keep God in your relationship. And it's, it's best that if you're having a problem with your mate, don't go to the person. Mm. Go to God about it and mm. ask him. Say if you, you know, your mate doing something that you don't agree with or y'all might have a disagreement go to god about it and i guarantee you he gonna fix it within a few hours it's funny to me it's because crazy. i like, know look sometimes hey. god he let me know that he's been praying i'd be like okay lord i'm gonna go ahead and go apologize yeah <laughs> like i'm gonna yeah. tell your daddy on you like hey yeah like exactly. yeah he, he, <laughs> he does it you. all the time it he does you. it all the time i never we never go to each other about we, we go to god yeah he, every time so i just hey. want to let couples know that uh it works man hey man that's what's up man that's that's what's up man um yeah man go to god don't go to each other because really y'all just gonna be arguing like oh you don't like that and you don't like, like oh, <laughs> man. i shouldn't even say it nothing like know. yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah that's dope so let me see let me see um I can yeah. now re okay. Go ahead. Go. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I can reiterate a little bit about the hair thing because I I forgot to mention that. But um in um the year um 1999, 
there was a hair show in Peoria that was called the Illinois Central Hair Show. I mm. won first place. That's I believe that's one of the ways that I put um, a lot of my hairstyles and stuff that I created. I did like um, 12, 12, um, I did 12 models and I did, I had them also had a routine with it. And so I ended up winning. It was the whole Illinois. It was Chicago. There was uh, St. Louis and everybody in it. And I won. And at that time, I was doing hair out my basement. This is what's mm. so cool about it. So that inspired me because you asked me what inspired me. So that inspired me to um, open up my own salon. I ended up winning um, a trophy taller than me. I ended up winning $10,000. And then a lot of styles that I created, I had to create names for them. Like one of the styles that I created, um, the whole Peoria just started doing it. And it's called a sculpture ponytail. It was my mm. creation that I created. And it's, it's almost as if like it's artwork on your head. And so as I created that style, more and more people began to start to, it, it um, inspire others to try to do them. You know, and this ponytail that I did, I used to do it with gel. This is crazy. I did it with gel, no curling irons or nothing. I would create it with gel. And so um, people started to copy off of it. And I learned, and I, I just minister on this too. You can't allow, when people copy you, it's like you in, you are an influencer. influencer. Mm. You influence others. And you got to realize you empower others. You got to realize mm. that you are a leader. And you got to realize that you motivate them as you have that much power that they want to do what you're doing. And some people, they get mad, be like, well, how do you always want to copy off me? There's something in you and you got to realize what's in you and the power of it and how it empowers others. You know, like you doing this podcast, right? People, you know, they started up a podcast yeah. because it motivates others. You can't like say, okay, now they trying to do what I'm doing. No, you are the original, right? And so since you started it, and it should motivate you like, wow, you know, and you got to realize who you are and your ability and what's in you and what you can do and how you can empower others. So I realized that I can empower others. So that's what my ministry has a lot to do with, because since I know I can empower others with hair, I can also empower others to minister to them. But my ministry actually started from me doing hair, like me ministering to my clients. Like um, people would come in and have different issues or whatever, and I would pray for them. And if a lot of people will testify in Peoria, Illinois, this is a God's honest truth. A lot of people got healed. You know, I had people come in, they sick, and they leave out, they leave out a whole different way, totally healed. I had people come in limping, limping, they leave out walking normal. I had a lady come in one time and could barely breathe and was really didn't want to come get her hair done, but came anyway. Her husband called me and was like, she need to come get her praise on, right? And so I began to pray for her. You know, the Lord showed me. And so I began to pray for her. And as I began to pray for her, when I tell you she started running around that shop, she she could breathe and she did not know what was going on with her. She left out of there happy, you know, but God used my salon to minister so many people. I had, um, I'm just telling you different testimonies. Um, yeah, I had people come in there. Um that had different things going on. I had a lady one time come in, cancel her appointment, said she wasn't going to be able to get her hair done because she had bills due or whatever. And she was like, I need you to pray for me. And I'm like, well, you know, we have to be like this. Why, why am I praying for you? How much is your bill? 
You know, whatever mm. your bill is, I should be able to sow it to you instead of praying that you get it. If I got it and God sent you to me, I'm supposed to bless you. And so mm. I just blessed her with it. I had her sat down and get her hair done and then charge her not one dime. But see, a lot of church folks and religious people will pray for you and send you on. If God sent you to me, I'm supposed to be a blessing to you. Why did he bring to me your issue? Because I'm mm. supposed to be a help to you in some type of way. Not just pray for you. You know, if I got it, I'm supposed to give you what I got. You know why? Because it's not mine anyway. Oh. It's his. Mm, mm, mm. Man, hey. Hey, that's dope, man. I'm telling you, you touched in. It's so many things I want to touch about. Okay, let me step back. The hair. Talking about the hair, right? And he was like, man, people be like, why are you trying to copy off me? Why are you trying to copy off me? You know, sometimes when I be seeing hairstyles and then I see back in back in the days, our ancestors' hairstyle, and they so similar. And I'm like, that's the same thing. Like, you create a hairstyle, and then it go on for generations and generations. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, you supposed to copy, you supposed to keep it in the family. You know what I'm saying? Family on the mission. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, and then, oh man, I like what you said. Like, you were doing hair, and then the um, people was coming down there and they was getting their praise on, they was feeling mm-hmm. better. I felt bad. I said, man, I wish I had some hair, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man. But yeah, but, but that's dope. You know, I like that. I like that. I like that. So, uh, and you said you was inspired by because you wanted the hair show. When I did the hair show, um, my, um, my salon name that I had given back back then was called creative. Um, I think it was, it was called creative images, but it was spelled with a C, but you know, there's another salon called creative images now though, but in pure, Mm. but I was originally called creative images. And it was with a C. And so from there on, I began to pray. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm going to give you your own salon. This is right before I gave my heart back to God. And I'm like, I never thought about having my own salon. I was comfortable with working in other people's salon. Because mm. I, I felt as if that overhead going to be too much for me, right? But when God spoke it to me and he gave me the name, come get your praise on here. It means come get y'all praise on here. Y-A, short for y'all. And mm. so um, when he gave it to me, like the next, like maybe like within that same week, I end up getting it. But the way things happen, the way I got it, and people have to understand that's how God moved. I end up getting kicked out of the salon that I was in. And so it, he pushed me into finding where he want me to be you know the bible tells you seek and and you gotta yeah. you gotta find you seek yeah. and you find so but if he would never allow me to be kicked out of where i was i would have never went to my own salon i kept being comfortable working where i was and so mm. he allowed me to be kicked out i went to take my son to get his hair cut and there was a lady in there and she was talking about because i was going to look at the spots in there see what they had available but there was a lady in there saying that well, my mom just got a building and um, we looking for, you know, somebody to take. I'm like, well, what kind of building your mom got? She said it used to be a salon. It's still a shampoo bowl in there. And so I left from the barber shop and Damn. went straight to the lady business, pay her what she wanted me to pay her right then and there and took over, took over mm. the business, you know. And so from there on, it just it just blew up, you know. 
I've been like in so many different places in Peoria because I moved around a lot, you know, did a lot of different places. But my first original salon opened was on Knoxville back in the year 2000. Uh, Knoxville, where at? It was um, Knoxville. And I'm trying to think it's like right before you get to McClure up in that little area right there, right by that gas station. It's a big old building right there. And there's that's where I originally had my first salon. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I used yeah. to be in a salon up there on Knoxville. So I was thinking like, where is that? I think it was. But okay. So anyway, um, we already are at 30 minutes. So I got to get down to the questions at hand. Okay, okay. It's all good. It's all good because I like people to share their testimony, you know. So, with this question, at the age you're at right now, if you could talk to your 16 year old self, what would you tell her? I would tell her, um, don't change nothing that you're doing right now because. Everything that I did at the age of 16 up to where I am now made me who I am today. Ooh, that's right. I, I don't want to take none of it back. You know, it, it was some, some hard situations that I went through, but I would not be the woman that I am today if I wouldn't have went through everything I went through. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And that's the, that's the, what about you, Rob? <laughs> well, <laughs> I like this. I like this. <laughs> well, yeah. I would tell my 16-year-old self, I would have put the bottle down. Mm. Um, when you're drinking, you think it's, you know, you think it's, you know, the thing to do and you think it's cool. But when you when you overly drinking, cause I you know I've been heard people say I ain't no alcoholic, man. Look, man, yeah, when you 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 over that limit, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, um, yeah, that's what I would tell my 16 year old self that I would have put the bottle down because by me, um, you know, I had a I had a drinking problem, mm -hmm. and not only I had a drinking problem, but I had a thinking problem. Oh, See, nah. I had that's a thinking, it. I had a that's thinking worse problem than drinking because because I was drinking. I, I right. couldn't think because I was drinking. That's right. So, uh, man, but if I wouldn't have had, went to jail and everything, I, every bad thing happened to me in my life uh, was behind alcohol mm. and, and being, and being uh, uh, blacking out, falling asleep. You know, you see somebody drinking, then they just, you talking to them, you in the whole conversation, they, mm. okay, go ahead and spend the night, fam. I'm, <laughs> you know, man, so... You know that's how it was, man. I was. It started to where like I was getting into it with people, mm. and 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 not knowing the, the the next day that I got into it with that person. So it was it was it can be dangerous for you, man. Yeah. Um. So I would tell anybody that's you know today that you know that have that problem, man. Just um. That's a self control. Self control. You know what I'm saying? That's a part <laughs> of self control, man. Mm -hmm. And now you know now that I'm sober. Uh, I have a clear mind, and mm. look at me now, man. I'm I'm on a mission, family. Hey, mission. hey, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. That's what's thank, up. Thank what's God, you? man. Thank God, man. And that's what it is, man. We have to go through the hard things to to make us grow, cause yeah. we don't even know. Like we don't I had, know. 
So I had to go through Come my on. mess to have a message. Mm. <laughs> I had to go through my mess to have a to get a message. Yes, sir. Man, that's what I'm talking about. So um, you know, the kids in Peoria right now, you know, they turning up, man. And you know, it's sad, man. So is it any is it any encouraging words? that y'all can say on this platform if they listening any encouraging words you can say yeah i can i, I would have to say uh put the put put the guns down man um you know put the guns down man and uh you know peoria you know we need more of uh basketball leagues and and you know because mm. when we was young they had the boys and girls club we can go there after school and just stay there all day and play, you know? So Peoria, um, they need more stuff like that. But what, what, what yeah. I would say to the youths is, you know, that's think it's cool and all that, man. Uh, trust me, jail, jail ain't cool. Either you gonna do what your parents tell you out here, or you gonna go in there and do what the white people tell you to do mm. in, a, in, in jail. So you either yeah. do what your parents tell you to do, or you're gonna go in there and do what the white people tell you to do. Yeah, on the real. Yeah, because so. that's exactly. But you know what you just said, and it made me it dawned on me say, because we really can't blame it on the kids, because we need to give them something to do. They need to wake up and have something to do. They don't have nothing to do. Yeah, and we, we we know that an idle mind is the devil's playground. So if they just sitting around playing video games, mama say, man, get out the house and get from up under that game. Yeah. They go outside and now they reenacting what they, like you say, they got the, the gates of the eyes and the ears. You listening to boop, 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 yeah. all this, you watching it. Now your mom put you out and you with some friends and they with guns and now you out there in the street imitating what you see. Not knowing you think it's like a video game now, you in the streets and doing whatever. So, yeah, I can't blame it on the kids all the way. So, I gotta say, we do have to find something for the kids to do. Like you said, man, it was places y'all can sit and play all day. Ain't yeah. nothing out there no more. That's no. sad. No, so yeah, so they, they want the crime to go down. But they need to get the people something to do, get a kid something to do. Yeah, they took the gus marker away. Yeah, that's, that's that crazy. was a big thing. So yeah. So uh Dang. Yeah. I, I just thought about that. I'm like, man, <laughs> we can talk to the youth, but really we need them something to do. You gotta give them something. And see, when I was in Peoria, I was in the studio, and people used to always come to the studio and um I didn't know it was a big deal, but everybody like, man, I ain't had nothing to do. So I'm coming down to your studio and they've been in my house all day. And I'm like, dang. But then when I left, they started falling and going to jail, doing all kind of other stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, I didn't know I was playing a big part of keeping people out of trouble. Yeah. So yeah. We had to do that. So uh, did you teach your daughter how to do hair? My daughter, she been watching me since she was a little kid. Um, from the basement on up, 
she never wanted to go outside and play with the rest of the kids. She would get her Barbies or any of her baby dolls and she would be doing their hair right along with me. And she'd be mm. like, oh, mom, look what I did. I did a French roll. Oh, I did a braid. Whatever. She kept creating different styles when she was, it probably was about four or five. Mm. She been she been watching me and doing hair and been inspired to do it since she was real little. Yeah, man, that's what's up, because mm -hmm. I tell people like when we leave this earth, what can we leave to our kids that they can be like, no, my mama taught me this. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because, hey, you touch on a lot of stuff on your page, man. Won't you tell the people where they can find you at when you go live? Okay, um, they could just go on my regular page, Wanda Washington, or they could go on New Birth Healing Ministry. So on New Birth Healing Ministry, I always have both of those pages on live at the same time. But I go on um, 1030, uh, my time here in Atlanta, Georgia, it's actually 930 in Peoria. So I kind of switched the time from Peoria before I was going on at 10. So sometimes some people come on late. But I've been trying to let them know for their time is 9.30 and it's 10.30 for my time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's what's up. And um, yeah, I'll be catching Sundays. you going. Yeah, I'll be catching you going live and you be going in and I'll be like, I'll be like glued to my phone. Like, <laughs> you know, so I appreciate it. And uh, it's more people need to hear you because you be talking. And um, what I want to say is on. Um, I was talking about the um the gates of the eyes and the ears, right? I talked on mm -hmm. that about with the kids, right? Mm -hmm. It was something else you said, and I'm like, every it's just like you be you be on fire. <laughs> hey, it's all we, God. I know, I know, and he be speaking through you, and I'm like, oh yeah, she going in. You said something about you wanted to get a church, but then yeah. you were doing your stuff online, and I'm like. Yeah, you don't eat. that's what it is. Like you can do your stuff right online because that's where more people at. Exactly. But, because yeah. what happens is people don't realize when you're just in a building and you only get managed to a small amount of people, unless you actually you could go live while you're in a building, but mm -hmm. have a live broadcast, but you only ministering to people in your your circle there. Mm -hmm. And it only to people that they bring in. But see, God wants us to be abroad. Not only that, but he wants us to be in the streets where the lost souls are. You know, at one point in my life, um, the Lord sent me back to the club because I I was a person that went out, was in the clubs all the time and drink. And he sent me back to the clubs. And so mm. at one point it humiliated me because everybody was like, you're not saved anymore. Why are you back in the clubs? But there was a pastor that prophesied to me that I had a club ministry and that God was going to send me back to the club. And true enough, God sent me back. And he, um, the first time I went back, we literally, we wore t-shirts and we would pray for people outside the clubs because they look at it as if we were soliciting or something like that. And they didn't want us on a property. Right. Mm. And so, um, I, I, I ministered one time at the Elks outside, and anybody that wanted prayer, they can come out there and get prayer. When I tell you, I kept feeling as I'm praying, people connecting and people connecting. Before, when I opened my eyes, the circle was so big. I'm like, wow, people people go out and drink because they hurting, they grieving. 
um they going through something there was one girl that i ministered to had lost her children pray for her until this day i end up seeing her before i moved from peoria i end up seeing that her at the beauty supply store she actually worked in a beauty supply store and she said oh i remember you and i'm like okay from where and she told me she said you pray for me outside of the elks and mm. i had lost my children she said i got all my children back i said Ooh. well praise be to god but it's just that that's what god wants us to do but the church folks talked about me you know mm. they said she ain't saved no more you know she ain't saved no more but jesus was among the prostitutes jesus yes. to them you know it got to the place where i did started back drinking right and so I still minister to them in a club with a drink in my hand. Sometimes you got to look like them in mm. order to draw them into God. But I couldn't talk about nothing but God to them. I, I ministered to, to people at a party before. And um, a lot of them knew me from the church. And the first thing they said, the word that you just gave me, you prophesied to me more than what I received inside the church building. And people got to realize it's not the building. You know, yep. it's not the building. You know, God let me know that people has made the building their God because you got to come in a certain way. You got to dress a certain way. You got to sit in a certain place. You can't be over there. You can't be over here. There's too many rules. And then there's a program. The whole message, we're going we gonna to sing two songs and then we're going to have a praise. And it's like it's a program. And God, God mm -hmm. want to be able to have his free way and move in the way that he wants to move he wants people to be saved he want he wants to draw them in not just you to hype them now mm. if you go to church they got to tell you to clap your hands they got to tell you say hallelujah praise god give god a, a praise in here why do they got to tell you that you're supposed to come in with a praise on your lips you know mm. what are we doing here you know what are we doing here why are we pumping and priming each other what are we doing here? We supposed to already be in the spirit because God is looking for those who worship him in spirit and truth. We supposed to come in with a praise on the lip. It shouldn't be a heavy spirit in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's heavy because everything that they want to do, you know what I'm saying? It's not really what God is trying to do at that moment. You know, no. sometimes I'm going to say this. When you worshiping the Lord, you ain't, you can't talk. When you all the way in the spirit, you can't say nothing. All you could do sometimes is just weep because mm. you are all the way in his presence. When you get in the presence of the Lord, you cannot speak. So if you're talking, you're not in his presence. You're not worshiping, you know, and you got to be careful of worshiping in front of others. God wants us to worship among how we worship in God and his other people around us. Because our minds as a human being, we thinking about what is they thinking about me? You can't really worship like you want to. I don't want to get my suit dirty. So I'm not mm. going to get on my knees. These people are watching me right wow. now. Our minds too much thinking about what they thinking. But when we is in true worship with God, it's best to worship him away from everybody, alone. You know, Jesus was alone and went to pray. He didn't have yep. disciples with him. You know, yeah. and so we have to get to that place. And it's about us getting a close relationship with God. Amen. Right. Yeah. Amen. And mm -hmm. um, Jesus didn't go around looking for good people. No. Man, he was in the trenches. He was he was out there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. why we got to be amongst good people? Like, so if y'all see us out here, 
And when we talking about God, I don't care if we smoking, drinking, or whatever we doing. At least you're going to know that we was talking about God. You know, they talk, mm-hmm. they tell me, they say, hey, money, why are you always talking about, talking about God? I say, because when he pull up, I'm going to say, I was just talking about you. <laughs> but you know yeah. what? When you got yeah. him and when he's in you, you can't help but talk about him. But if you I have know. had an experience with him, you're going to talk about him because you're going to talk about what he did for you. People who don't have a, a close relationship with God or an experience with him, they can't say anything about it because the Bible tells us taste and see that he is good. So you got to have a taste of God. Once you have a taste of God, you're going to tell everybody how good he is. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to share my. T- how much time? We got? We oh, got- go ahead, go ahead. We got a couple yeah, more uh, I just want to share my testimony. Um, you know, I I had a um, I went into a diabetic ketosis um uh, when I was in Peoria, and um, I was sweating. I was sweating real hard. Like, but I when I was sweating, I was sweating from my scalp. So I had told my wife, I'm like, baby, something ain't right. So when I went to the emergency room, you know how you sit in the area and wait till they call your name. So I was sweating so bad. They like, sir, we need to really see you. So they was like, they looked at, they checked my sugar. They said, sir, your sugar is 697. Mm. They was like, how, how are you even comprehending with us right now? I'm like, I have a, I have a father, a healing father. That's all I can tell you. I don't know. They was like, sir, you your A1C is a 16. They was like mm-hmm. over the charts. So I was pretty much gone at that moment. So they rushed me to the back. Then they baby, they, yeah, they, they brought the, the ICU. They they rushed me to ICU. Mm-hmm. They was pumping insulin in me, pumping insulin in they me. A, they had a, a um they had an IV They had they had an IV insulin in me. Was, they was pumping and pumping and trying to get my sugar back because, you know, not to me, it was 600, like 690 or something like that. Mm. So, and uh, they killed me, man. Uh, he ended up, his heart stopped. My yeah. heart stopped. I went into the diabetic kid, had a heart attack, and I died. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dead. It took six, 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 six times on the defibrillator. Defibrillator. They hit me with the sibilate, defibrillator, excuse me, six times before I woke up. It was 15 minutes. 15 minutes I was dead. They put my wife out the room while they was doing, you know, doing what they was doing. They put her out and she my wife, which I don't understand why. But, uh, man. I went and prayed, though. It was like. I went and prayed, Yep. So thank God, man. Uh, When I woke up, what I experienced, I experienced a bright light, man. When a bright, the brightest light you can ever see. And I woke up, I seen all these people around me, man. And I was like, what, you know, what are all these people doing here? They was like, sir, you left here. I'm like, wow. So I'm, I'm gonna turn it over to baby, so. Yeah, so, but my part of the story is when he went into the ketosis and when his heart stopped, I went, they pulled me out into the hallway. And so I prayed right there. When I tell you I dropped to my knees and I prayed, in the spirit realm, I could see the angels like, getting him pulling him up and i could see his feet in the spirit this is how far deep i was in the spirit i began to pull him back i said lord not now i can't i cannot handle this right now lord not now so as i'm pulling him back and they would not allow me to go in the room so god is so good to me though 
there was a chaplain there. He was able to go back and forth. And he was like, everything that the Holy Spirit was revealing to me, he was confirm confirming it. He, he was like, well, he's breathing now. And I could feel him breathing everything mm -hmm. that I was praying for. And it was so deep. But I am not a selfish woman. I pray that everybody on ICU will be healed. I said, God, if you heal in my home, mm. heal everybody on ICU. And mm. so I prayed that prayer. But when he woke up, I, I played nothing but gospel music all night long. And so um, that morning, one of the nurses came in and, and my husband was like, I thank y'all for, you know, doing CPR on me, whatever she said. No, I thank God for your wife. She said, because your wife prayed and she said, I got some of that healing. Mm. And I never, ever spoke out loud. I prayed in the spirit the whole time. I never spoke out loud. She said, I got me some of that healing last night. And mm. that's what she said, because my prayer was that everybody on ICU would be healed. And so mm. it's truly mm. a blessing that my husband is here. You know, they was calling him Lazarus. <laughs> and it's like when he when he died, the old him died. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 He's a new man. He's a new creature in Christ Jesus. Exactly. exactly. He's been born again. He's like yeah. a total different husband from before. Because like I told you, he still was struggling with that bottle. And when I was telling you that we had separated and all that. It was because, because of that bottle. He still was struggling <laughs> with that bottle because yeah. he would get he would get so slapped to where. He would wake up on people's porches. He would wake up in people's front yards. He would wake up in the hospital. One time I had to pick him up. He had this big knot on his head. He don't know what happened. Um, just so many different things happened when he was drinking, you know. But um, I praise God that it didn't kill him, you know, that God allowed him to live. And God took that desire from him. Yes. He realized, okay, this is not. This is not the way that I, I can I should live my life. You know, he finally got to the place and say, you know, I'm gonna let let this go. You know, he finally allowed God to deliver him. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's what's up, man. Cause you know, sometimes we had to have a close encounter with death for us to wake up. I had my share too, you know. Mm -hmm. a, couple, a couple years back, you know, I left Peoria and I went to Georgia. And um, we stayed okay. in Marietta. We stayed in Marietta. And um, long story, I had a stroke. Man, stuff went bad for us. It was just crazy. And we couldn't, we ain't had nobody to turn to, but we had turned to God. And uh, we got back Ooh. on our feet. Everything worked out cool. So I know how it is, you know, getting close, thinking everything is okay. You know, like I tell people all the time, they want to get messed up until they messed up, you know. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So you definitely have a wake up call. So I'm. Um, I just pray mm -hmm. that people wake up before they have to experience that. You know. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we almost at an hour, and um. Now I'm gonna do something different, man. If you would like to, please. Would you leave us out with a prayer? Okay, you want me to leave? You want me to end it with a prayer? You said yes, ma'am. Okay, okay. Well, praise God. Praise uh, God. Praise God. Amen. My battery was a little low, but okay, it's all right. Well, praise God. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before your holy throne, God. 
Um, I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory, God. I'm just asking you, God, to bless this podcast, God. I pray that everything that was said on today, that it will be an encouragement or it will motivate some people and it will inspire them, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that there was something said that will draw people to want to have a closer relationship with you, Father God, or to give their heart to you on this day in the name of Jesus. God, I pray also for Monty family, God, that you bless him, God, and God, that you bless anybody that's watching this in Jesus' name, I pray. And those that don't know you, God, I pray that they ask you into their heart, God, and that they believe that you died on the cross for their sins, that they may have a new a new birth, um, that they may be healed, that they may be delivered, that they may have everything they need in this life. And from this day forward, I pray all those that are struggling, God, that they struggle no more, that you make a way because you are a God that is a way maker. I pray that you make a way and that you open doors that no man can shut in Jesus Christ's name. On this day, I thank you and I give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 I appreciate that. And I appreciate y'all taking the time out y'all busy day to -hmm. jump on this podcast. Yes. Amen. And I I hope y'all, well, I I pray that y'all have a blessed rest of the year. And man, big praise. Man, I love y'all journey. That inspired me. I say, yeah, that's what's up, man. You know, I like I like what y'all doing. See, see, you don't even know the people that's watching you. That's the crazy part. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right. That's right. true. You know, you don't even know who you inspire. So we always have to be keeping in mind that we are doing something. It's people watching us. So we got to be careful what we're doing because, you know, mm-hmm. we can inspire people with good stuff or bad stuff. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. I appreciate y'all coming on, and y'all have a good night. Okay. You, yes, too. Uh, you, too. you too. Thank right. you. God for bless. Us. Thank you yep. for having us, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. You're welcome. Yep. Yeah. What's up? This your boy Monty G on the Fan Mission Podcast, and that was a good podcast, man. We was talking about God all over that thing. So, if you did miss it, man, rewind this. Check it out. Make sure you like and subscribe and hit that um notification bell so you can get every podcast that pop up. G staff. <laughs>